This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by iGrill. The iGrill is a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that allows you to monitor the temperature of your food and smoker or grill from up to 200 feet away. Using the free iGrill app for your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices, you can set preferred temperatures, and your smart device will alert you when it's ready. It's perfect for cooking steaks to perfection or low and slow smokers overnight. Head to iGrillInc, that's the letter I, grillinc.com to learn more. And by Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets, the barbecue wood pellet choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks just like me. The perfect blend of two-thirds oak and one-third flavor wood gives you that right BTU burn and flavor that you're looking to get all over your meat with smoky goodness. Visit BBQRSDelight.com. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you're really going to love, cooking with pellets. Green Mountain Grills are widely available across the country. Top-of-the-line manufacturing, but not the highest in price. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to get started on your pellet adventure today. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, gang, welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. Oh, yeah, it's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. 
two bits of contact info in case you want to jump in on the show tonight. Uh, it's a toll-free call, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you would care to, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. This cat, move out of there, cat! Um, email, Greg, at the, yeah, anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. You'll see that flashing here if you are watching on the video side of things through the uh, lower third, as they call it. Also gives you the website for my YouTube channel, which you should always go and check out because there's always fun and fantastic things going on down there. Uh, Here's what's happening on the show tonight, in case you didn't get the newsletter, which you can also sign up for on the main website. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, monthly segment, the first Tuesday of every month, by the way, everybody. Happy February. I've said in the last couple weeks, 2014 rapidly coming to a close. And no better proof than that for the fact that we are in the first Tuesday of February, and that finds our uh, now recurring monthly segment with barbecue icon expert and overall great guy, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. So the uh, doctor's office is in, if you will. We got a lot of great questions that filtered in through Facebook and the like that we'll be talking to Ray about, amongst other things. Then around 9.35, Damon Woolley from Woolly Bully Barbecue Mafia will be joining me. You know, I said I kind of made that promise during the course of the beginning of the year where I would not just pay attention to KCBS. It was going to be also, uh, FBA and some of the other sanctioning bodies, and uh, Damon does take part in Florida Barbecue Association, and that's the contest that he won this past weekend. So, Damon Woolley, 935. Then we'll move to the second hour. 1014 finds a uh, semi-frequent guest to the show, Mike McLeod, president and CEO of MMA Creative, the marketing partner of KCBS, also the creator of the World Food Championships. So lots to talk to him about. And then closing the show tonight in fine and fantastic fashion, at 10.35, Chad Ward from Whiskey Bent Barbecue, the competition team, and Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit radio show uh, via the Internet, via Blog Talk Radio. 877-448-0433, Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com are the two ways to get in touch with me should you see fit tonight. Quick note, and this is why I am hoisting a glass here. Thursday this week, Believe it or not, folks, marks the sixth anniversary of the live show. Some of you might remember that we started out on this little fledgling Internet radio station called BBS Talk Radio, which had since morphed into L.A. Talk Radio and have been on uh, of, uh, well, I I guess uh, as I look back over the course, in regard to L.A. Talk Radio, uh, one of just a few shows now that have sustained this long run over the six-year stretch. And LATalkRadio.com still carrying the first hour of this show, as it had originally started out as just a 60-minute show when we put this whole thing on board. So big congratulations to my man Sam Hassan and the success of this effort. Now L.A. Talk Radio and many more years to come, my happy buddy. Uh, happy birthday to you, L.A. Talk Radio, the Barbecue Central show for now six years of lives show of live shows. My plurals were getting mixed up. Can't believe six years. Uh, also, uh, thanks to the listeners, man. Without you guys, you know, we've morphed from a 60 minute show into a 120 minute show. We've more from just radio or audio only, if you want to call it, into a whole video production thing, which I never anticipated. I mean, who would want to see me talking into a microphone? 
but hey, I'm kind of sexy. I have a really large beard growing, which may or may not be off my face within a week's time frame. We'll see about that. And the continually humble that people actually decide to tune in or subscribe through podcast or however they do it to get this show. So uh, most of all, thanks to Sam. Most of all, thanks to uh, all you guys for allowing me to, to do this, taking a part in this and sharing along with me. Kind of in that vein. You know, inevitably, the biggest topic of this show, always the show itself, the inner workings, the inside jokes, other such tomfoolery. This week, no different. I got this email from a guy named Brad. And in the subject line, I knew things maybe were dicey, sketchy, if you will. When I read the subject line, love the show, but dot, dot, dot. Well, first of all, I think we've broken a rule of the show when I read that email, because uh, we don't pre-qualify with the show. We don't say things like, I'm not a racist, but I'm not trying to offend you, but love the show. But remember, folks, if you're a fan of the show, we all know that from where the uh, uh, conjunction is, but is a conjunction. Everything that you just said before that is now completely disqualified. So. Brad, from the beginning, in the subject line, you should just say, I don't particularly like the show. Or, the show is definitely mediocre. Or something along those lines. Don't tell me you love the show and then stick in a butt. Because inevitably, there's something that you don't love about the show. So let's be honest up front. And here's how the email reads. Greg, love the show. You have great content, interesting topics and guests that I want to hear. The only thing I ask is to settle down on the sound effects. You use the air horn applause no less than 30 times a show. There are segments where you might hit that drop five times in a minute. I want to hear what you have to say. It's good commentary. But those drops are like nails on chalkboard. Nails on chalkboard. I mean, yeah. Bro, I hear you. I hear you. He continues. I literally take breaks from the show because of those annoying sound effects. I know it's only one man's opinion. One man's opinion. One you've never met at that. But I think you're running a great product. I'm sorry, not running. You're ruining a great pro- a great product by overkilling the sound effects. Have a great show tonight, as you always do. I hope I didn't offend you. It's just my two cents. Sincerely, Brad. Well, Brad, I've taken into account your fine words. I've put up a Facebook poll, and I'd just like to say that I've never been one that is averse to change. And, Brad, when you're gone, the sound effect is gone. There's going to be no more air for <laughs> I've hit you 30 times a show, and now it's just over. Oh, okay. Air horn. Oh, air horn. We can't. Oh, where did it all go so wrong? Oh, air horn. Oh, I just remember, like it was six years ago, that we would just hang out and. I'd 
hit you from time to time to make a point. And somewhere it's gone tragically wrong. Oh, it's run amok. It's run a mire. It's overtaken my life. And fine, someone like Brad has stepped up to the plate, reached down deep into his sexual area and realized that Brad had a pair of testicles. And he said, I'm going to speak for the rest of the Centralites. I'm going to show this bastard where he's ruining his show. Oh, no. Wrong. We go wrong, Airhorn, and applause. I thought we had a good thing going, and I ruined it. I feel bad at Oh, oh, Airhorn. Oh, applause. How could I have been so foolish and blind? I gotta collect myself here. <laughs> I'm not too big of a man to admit that perhaps I have drawn too fond of the air horn, and that's why tonight, Brad, because you said so. Because I was ruining it. Those fuck at me every time. I am going to make the effort tonight just for you, Brad, because you had the testicular fortitude to show me who the boss is. Because you said things in your email like, uh, the only thing I ask is to say, I'm sorry, maybe I don't recall asking. As a matter of fact, I know I don't recall asking, but that's fine. You heard it here first, folks. We are out of all sound effects this eve. We're not going to do enough. So you're going to have to give me the instant poll while we read. Shoot me emails, whatever. Let me know if the show's better without any sound effects. Is Brad right? Is me crying for the last four minutes over the top? Was that too much? I can't help my feelings. I was crying because of the air horn is gone. Don't make me cry again. Gang, let me talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show, located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control device technology, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why would you buy from any other company? Quite frankly, I don't know. Not familiar with how these little beauties work. I'm not going to get into the minutiae, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and once set, that keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sounds too good to be true. It's not. This is real-life technology, and you can take advantage of it right here today. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional like me or perhaps constantly on the run with kids doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and set uh, and tend pit temperatures. I agree. I, I'm totally with you. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a slab of ribs, some briskets, and you're off to do whatever need to get done, and Barbecue Guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at. There are currently four models to choose from. Pro Comp, no, no, the CyberQ Wi-Fi, yes. 
the DigiQ DX2, the PartyQ, the CyberQ2, many different models to choose from. And the uh, easiest point of entry, that party queue I just mentioned, $129 if you have the uh, Kamado style. Extra 10 bucks because you need that special adapter to get on the vent damper at the bottom. But look, $10 more. And you can take it from one cooker to the next. That's why we call it the prostitute of automatic temperature controls. In the market for a cooker, look no further than Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven has been winning on the competition circuit as well as in backyards all over the country. Fully insulated, holds a ton of meat and accommodates half and full pans for food service and works seamlessly with the automatic uh, temperature control devices that the Guru offers. So do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com. Check out their products. If you have any questions, give them a call, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're with it, uh, that you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com, the barbecue guru. A breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back with Ask Dr. Barbecue right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, uh, we are back at it. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. A lot of people weighing in, thinking that that was some kind of an act. I'm going to show you what kind of balls Brad's got. Just wrote in over the break. Uh, Greg, hilarious. Thanks for reading. I have nothing negative to say. Please continue kicking ass. This is where I would normally hit the applause. Brad, thank you for uh, weighing in and uh, rolling along, my buddy. Thank you for uh, weighing in anyway. I always appreciate the feedback. From listeners. You guys should know that from now on. Right, where is this uh, Ray Lampy fellow? Dig him up here. Oh, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hold on a second here. We got... Uh, Things we have to do before we get into that. Uh, if you want to jump in tonight, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show, greg at com. But before we do our next segment, let's get into a little bit of this here. If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. All right, Ray Lampy already being a smartass, asking if he's going to be hosting this segment all by himself like he did uh, last month. Right, we should just be happy that my kid didn't break a neck for crying out loud. That's true. That's what I was just yep. trying to carry on. Look, I just want to say, and I know we had talked a little bit over email, and I had addressed it maybe uh, two or three times uh, after the fact in subsequent shows. But it makes my job so much more easier when I am conducting, you know, this show is live. I still think that there's a lot of people that get this show through podcasts that don't, for some reason, really understand that this is a live show. It's happening as it happens between 9 and 11 on every Tuesday, and something happened, it was unexpected, really a potential emergency, and I just vacated the freaking premises. And 
just left you holding the bag. And the true professional that Ray Lampy is waited about five, six seconds, realized, okay, he's really not coming back. And you just picked up and went. And, you know, a minute or two later, I show back up. But you were you were continuing to go. I think you could have just, like, filibustered if you wanted to. Uh, some folks said that that was the best part of the show. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> now, look, Ray, we're, uh, we're zero sound effects tonight. I, yeah, I'm missing it right now. I'm missing the sound effects already. What can I tell you? All right, well, this is because of Brad. So uh, if you want Brad's email address later on, I'll give it to you. You can give him what for. All right, uh, so, Ray, before we start with all the good stuff tonight, let me ask you something. It was on your Facebook page, and you mentioned something about uh, McCormick. I know you guys are doing some work together. What exactly do you have going on with McCormick? Which, by the way, my favorite season salt of all time is McCormick. Oh, really? Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, McCormick is McCormick. You know, I mean, who doesn't use their spices? We all have the old tins for in Grandma's house and stuff. But I'm just lucky enough. They, they are trying to raise a bunch of money for the United Way, and what they're doing is they seeded it with folks like me and just asked us if we would give a flavor story. And my story, if you look at it, is about barbecue rubs. When I started cooking barbecue, the word rub didn't really exist. We used salt and pepper and maybe a little garlic powder. And little by little, it turned into this, uh, you know, this elaborate barbecue rub that we use. And that's the story that I told. And it's a bunch of really cool stories. And what they want you to do is go there and add your story as well. And for everybody that adds a story, they're going to donate a dollar to the United Way. None of us got paid. They just asked us to do it. We we all put a story up there. There's 125 of us that they seeded it with. It's our 125th anniversary. That's a pretty amazing story in its own. But it's called flavoroftogether.com. It's, it, you'll see the McCormick logos all over it. It's pretty cool. There's a bunch of really cool stories there. And if you add your flavor story, they'll give a buck to the United Way. Just a pretty cool thing to be involved in. Yeah, absolutely. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. We do our uh, Ask Dr. Barbecue segment here uh, now once a month. It's the first uh, Tuesday of every month. I'm readjusting your uh, page here while we got you on fire. Uh, so let me ask you something before we get into some of these questions, and there's a lot of great ones that people submitted here uh, for our segment tonight that we'll get to in just a minute. But I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before you were cooking at the uh, Lakeland Pig Fest, which obviously is really one of the bigger events to kind of kick off the uh, competition season. And you cooked it with Fast Eddie. So if we could, maybe a little recap on that particular one. And as I mentioned, you know, I asked Eddie last week when I had him on to get his take is, you know, what's it like for you, Ray, to, to cook with a guy like Eddie, and this is a guy who you've been up and down the road with over the years and really helped to put barbecue on the map. So when you, t- when you two team together, what kind of a, of a situation is that as cooks are concerned? Well, it, it, was, it was easy this time. Eddie and I have cooked together a few times over the years. You know, we both have great respect for each other as cooks. But but honestly, Eddie's a lot more active these days than I am in the barbecue contest world. So I he wanted to cook Lakeland. He always does. And I did as well. But I, I was out of town till the last day. So I said, well, let's just cook together. I'll bring all my stuff. I always have an FE 100 in my trailer. I, I'm the big green egg man. But sometimes you got big jobs to do. And Eddie's gracious enough to always have me have a cooker in my trailer. So I said, you know, I'll just bring everything and, and let's do it together. But Eddie, like I said, he's way more involved cooking these days. So I, I told him he was in charge of cooking the food. So he, he brought the rubs, the sauces, the injections, whatever we were going to do. Um, he even had to get all the meat being that I was out of town for the last minute. So I really wasn't that involved in the, the decision-making early on. Once we got there, you know, I know how to cook barbecue. I'm pretty good with a knife and, 
So we, we did it together, the cooking and the presentation. But it really was kind of Eddie's show, um, except for that uh, <laughs> the famous picture of the, the first two legal uh, money muscles cooking on a big green egg there. <laughs> but other than that, Eddie really was running the show. But like I said, we, we have great respect for each other. And, uh, and I, we agreed on what we did. Unfortunately, we're like, we're like old school guys. We actually taste the stuff and adjust it. We don't, it's not a science experiment for us. We're not, I call these new guys technicians because they do it <laughs> the same every week, 40 weeks in a row. Eddie and I kind of tasted it and said, well, maybe we should add a little more of that. And and we ended up having a pretty good day. And honestly, that chicken that, that bombed for us, uh, I thought it was really good. It just, like Eddie said, we hit the table of death with that one. But for a couple of old guys, I thought we did pretty good. But oh. I got to give Eddie all, Eddie all the credit. Yeah, overall finish was absolutely spectacular, I thought, personally. And I asked Eddie, I said, you know, you go to a competition like this and want to get your take on it as well. When other teams see it's you and Eddie cooking together, I said, hey, is it like two contests where they want to win the contest they're at, but they also want to beat Ray and Eddie? And he said, geez, I, I doubt it. They probably think, look, here's two old coots that have been washed up for years now, and what the hell are they doing here? No big shake. But you go out and you kick a little ass. Uh, is it a little bit sweeter to kind of have that great overall finish and do well three out of the four categories? It definitely is. You know, I always worry. I don't want to turn into Paul Kirk, and, and I always worry about that. <laughs> So it's nice to get a call once in a while. No, I don't think anybody's scared of me and Eddie anymore. Ten years ago, they might have been. But not so much anymore. You know, the lineup was, oh, hell, Myron was next to us, and uh, Rod was down a couple from us, and, and uh, Trigg was in there, although Johnny kind of is getting into that same boat with me and Eddie these days. And a lot of young whippersnappers, Donnie from Warren County. I mean, you know, hell, I don't think anybody was scared of me and Eddie. So, yeah, it is. It's kind of the other way around. We're kind of happy to see our name up there in the middle of it. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. If you ever want to submit a question to us, go to askdrbbq.com and shoot us a question. You can also visit Ray's uh, professional website, drbbq.com. All right, Ray, so let's go ahead and head on over to the Facebook here and uh, grab some questions for Ask Dr. Barbecue. The first one was coming in from Midnight Oil Steve Ray, and it says, Greg, is it okay to call? Oh, okay, well, yeah, of course you could call. Uh, Do you enjoy a nice Coca-Cola while barbecuing? Well, uh, matter of fact, I do. Uh, there's one right now. A Coke Zero is my wow. choice. All right. Uh, now you have. Oh, hold on a second here. I got some more comments. Uh, this was very uh, a very popular post I made. All right. Uh, favorite commercial brand barbecue sauce. Uh, if I'm eating it, Gates. Gates Original is my favorite barbecue sauce. I really don't use much barbecue sauce personally. I buy one bottle if I'm in Kansas City, and it seems to last a year. Um, so for me, it's Gates, but not everybody likes Gates so much. If I'm serving, I would just go to the store and buy Sweet Baby Ray's. Everybody seems to like that stuff. Uh, what about steak sauce? Do you uh, do you are you a steak sauce guy? No, not not out of the bottle. I, I mean, once in a while, I'll make some kind of homemade thing with some shallots and garlic and maybe some mushrooms and butter. But uh, nah, stuff out of the bottle, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't bother putting down my steak. I like my steaks kind of just a little bit of Lowry seasoned salt on them and grill them up. All right, uh, Cancer Suck Chicago, Scotty Johnson asks, uh, I would like to hear your thoughts on grilling off the money muscle at Lakeland, uh, what temp you pulled it at to cut it off the rest of the butt, and what flavor profile you used. Yeah, those things, we basically didn't do anything a whole lot different than we would have. Eddie trimmed them. They wasn't even hanging off like by the one little hinge. They were just kind of trimmed, still pretty much attached to the butt. And he cooked them overnight on the FE. They were done. 
And then we, as long as we have the option, we, we cut them off, but they were fully done. I think they were in the 190 range when he oh, pulled them off. Wow. They had a good long rest though. So they were cooled off pretty good. Uh, and then I, I cut them off uh, after they had rested even. And just as long as they were allowed to grill them and brush some sauce on the thing and finish it up, why not? Uh, but that was all we did. We, uh, they were, I trimmed them up, got them in nice shape. So they had a nice shape to them. And there was a little piece of where we had been hooked on. And I just glazed it to get them caramelized. So, yeah, it was no big deal. I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to take a picture and post it because it was the first legal time that had been done. But we did not. Now, I can tell you at the cook's meeting, they told us that if you put it on the cooker for 30 seconds, well, they didn't tell us that. The question was asked. And the implication, as I remember it, was that if you put it on the cooker for 30 seconds, that would be considered having been cooked and you could take it back off and separate it. Uh, I'm not going to get into whether that's right or wrong, but that's not what we did. So, I mean, what is the legal definition of whatever is going on right now? What you did is fine. Like in years past, you weren't allowed to separate and then reheat again. Or, I mean, it's, it's very convoluted from what I understand. It was brought up for sure at the cook's meeting in Lakeland. I didn't get involved. We were just listening, but, uh, the question was, what do you mean that it, after once it's been cooked, does that mean cooked to a certain degree of temperature? And there was a board member there and Carolyn Wells was there and, and a rep that was talking and they would not define it, anything being required that it had to be cooked to a safe temp or anything. They And the question was flat out asked, does that mean I could put it on for five minutes, take it off and then separate it? And while they didn't say, yes, you can do that, they didn't say, no, you can't. Uh, and they, my, the way I took it, the conversation was, yes, you could do that. Seems kind of crazy to me, but um, I, that was the, you know, the, what I took out of the meeting in Lakeland was that you could put it on there for literally 30 seconds. If you would consider that to have been cooked, that you could take it off and separate it. And nobody argued with that up in the front of the class, uh, or, you know, the head table. Huh. So I don't know. I, you know, like I said, I'm not going to get into it. I don't, I don't cook enough to want to get into that fight, but that's not what we did. Ours, ours was, like I said, it was, we could have just turned it in as, but as long as we're allowed to glaze it and caramelize the outside a little bit on all sides, what the heck, why not? And reheat it, you know, um, in the, we didn't do anything different as if we had to throw the whole butt on there and just glazed it. It was just simpler for us to take that off. And, and I know that's what a lot of guys will say is the whole purpose of the rule. I don't necessarily believe that. I, I think, um, I don't know. I, it, what we did was after that, once we separated it, we threw the other pieces on and just let them cook the rest of the day. And I took them home and, so, you know, pulled them right before we left. Uh, we didn't even use that stuff. So I <laughs> next subject. There you go. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Uh, Ray, our barbecue team is going to purchase a new smoker this spring, and we're thinking about a gravity-fed charcoal smoker. What are Dr. Barbecue's thoughts, and does he have any preference? We already have a big green egg, and we love it. <laughs> well, I like that he put that in there. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> I, I personally think he should buy, buy more big green eggs, but if he insists on a gravity-fed smoker, I, you know, honestly, I don't know much about them. I, I believe, I mean, I know about them. I've never cooked on one, actually. But I had a Jedmaster back in the day, and I got a feeling it, it cooks very much like that. It's a sealed unit with the fire away from the food. Uh, the two things I'm going to see about it, I think you're going to have a, a – it's going to be hard to develop a good bark because it's going to be so humid in there. There's nowhere for the moisture to get out. 
Um, but, but heck, guys are winning on them all the time, so why not? The only the other thing that I would maybe not like about it is it's going to be consistently the same temp throughout that cooker. And while that's what we strive for, it, sometimes it's nice to have a hot spot and a cool spot. You know, those Jambo guys are living off of that. And so that would be my concern. If, you, if you're good with cooking everything at exactly the same temp, I think that's going to be a good cooker for you. Uh, but if you're a guy that likes to have a hot spot and a cool spot, I, I don't think those things do that. But I, I'm really not an expert on them, but that's just what I think by looking at them. Do the guys, I just want to make sure I understood what you said, the guys that have the jambos are living off the hot spot and the cool spot or the fact yeah. that it cooks so even? No, no, the hot spot and the cool spot, definitely. Johnny Triggs got a little shelf up in the corner of his, he calls a microwave. Isn't the overriding selling factor of a jambo pit the fact that it is a consistent temperature from left to right and from north to south? I don't think so. No? Well, what's, so what's the big deal about a jambo pit then? <laughs> I, I don't know. It I mean, if, cool. I, if I'm buying, uh, yeah, it looks great. So does a Ferrari. If if I'm buying a pit, to me, the the interesting factor would be to have something that would run even temperature from one side to the next. I mean, obviously, otherwise, I know it's going to be hotter towards the fire and it's going to be maybe a little cooler towards the stack, right? Well, if you're a caterer, yes. But if you're a contest guy, that's what I'm getting at with the, you know, my opinion about the gravity-fed cookers. I think it's a good thing to have a hotter side and a cooler side. I'm not talking about like a crappy $200 offset. Right. Those things with the big insulated firebox and heavy steel. <laughs> but there's no real baffle or anything in a jambo. I don't know if you've ever looked inside one. There's just a big, there's a little kind of a thing where the grease don't go back in the fire, but there's not much of a baffle in there. The heat just kind of comes in. Now they have the stack down low, so the heat banks down to the level of the stack. So it'll get reasonably even in there. But I, I honestly think, and again, I'm not an expert on those either. You'll have to ask the guys to cook on them. But I think that if they told the truth, they would like the hotter spot. You know, you look at a big brisket, there's a big fat end and a, and a thin end. Well, you don't necessarily want it cooking the same on both ends. I don't want my uh, my butts cooking necessarily at the same temp as my ribs. And if you've got one big cooker that's all exactly the same temp, it's kind of a problem. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. A question from Rod Gray of Pellet Envy. Your go-to flavor profile for pork spare ribs. <laughs> well, Rod's just being a smartass because he put something on Twitter today about the polar vortex and uh, what, what else? There was some other, one of those other new terms he was talking about, and I told him it had uh, probably all come to be just about the same time that saying taste changed to flavor profile because mm -hmm. if you – Seems like barbecue guys use that term a lot in lieu of taste good. Um, and I, so Rod's just being a smart ass. Wow. Uh, hard to believe, but we'll move on from there. Uh, this question coming in from Jeff Starks, and I think this is always a good question to address every now and again. It says, Ray, what's your advice for newer competition barbecue teams in acquiring sponsorship dollars to offset costs? And I think, uh, you know, before you answer that, let me just kind of preface this with a few comments of my own. You know, I think it's tough for that question to be asked because, to me, uh, and I'm somebody who, you know, started a show with zero dollars uh, to my name, zero sponsorship dollars. You know, nobody was jumping aboard the show when I started it to say, oh, we would just want to give you some money to help offset costs or anything. This was something, a labor of love that I built and had to prove out and perform and show numbers. So to me, uh, to answer Jeff's question right off the bat, it would be, well, you know, prove that you can win or that you're going to bring something attractive 
to a company that is either going to get them views or web traffic or drive traffic, physical traffic into a brick and mortar store, but give them value instead of just asking for money. That's got to be like the most simple answer, right? Yeah, that's the basic you know, way to get uh, sort of you know, life as an entrepreneur. How do I figure out how to get people to give me money? Well, you give them something in, of value in return, whatever that may be. Um, I, to me, hanging up a sign in your team website, cook site at a cook-off, is, that's worth about $5. <laughs> um, but on the other side, and teams are willing to trade out for briskets. I, I've never been a believer in that. I, you know, I've always had higher expectations, and someone wants to give me a free brisket, I don't want that. I want them to give me $200, and then I'll buy a brisket. Right. So I, you know, I, that's just the way I do things. But if, if you're just looking to offset things a little bit, I, I guess, you know, there's no guys think there's a secret word that you say, you know, like a magic bullet. And it's not, man, you got to somehow make yourself attractive. Uh, guys do all kinds of different things. OK, cook the company picnic for a guy. Maybe he'll give you a few bucks. Most corporate sponsorships are uh, the, because the guy works for the company. And that's what I see. Uh, and but honestly, there's also a lot of like I call them fake sponsorships, too. You know, when you see a guy hanging up the Budweiser sign in his tent. He probably just stole the sign. He's, he's not sponsored by Budweiser. He kind of they, they like kind of make themselves look like they're sponsored. And, and there's all these sponsorships by like David and uh, and uh, Oak Ridge and some of them guys that are trading out product for Phil. Phil Hopkins has been doing it forever, trading out product for hanging up a sign. Well, that's all good if you're just in the industry. If all you're interested in is free rub for the for the cook off, I guess, you know, start contacting those guys. And then like what you said applies, you got to win something. Uh, but, but, you know, one of the keys that you, you see this a lot from guys talking on the Internet about, well, the, the well-funded sponsored teams, there is only a handful of teams that are living off sponsor money. Most guys are just guys that can afford it. It's a guy. It's a hobby for guys. You know, the real answer is get a better job, make more money and spend it yourself. When you look at these guys at all these motorhomes, nobody. And I don't I would feel safe saying zero of the barbecue competitors have bought a quarter million dollar RV because of sponsorships. Um, when you see those things out there, these are just guys that have had a good career in their life and they, they're spending it on a hobby. Um, you see big boats, you know, so I don't know. I'm not I'm not that much of a believer in sponsorship. I think it's going to happen. We're going to see it one of these days. But there's very few teams that are really well funded by a sponsor. So if your expectations are to be the next NASCAR, I think you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. However, like you said, when, um, you know, have something to say, do, do this kind of thing, always, you know, be be out there on the Internet doing what you can. Talk to people. Don't want to just sit in your motorhome and expect to get sponsored. Make yourself valuable. Make yourself the guy. You know, I made a career out of this. Somehow made myself the guy that people wanted on their team. Um, you know, because I did so many different things, I, being active on the Internet, being good looking like I am, that helps a lot as well. Sure. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show and lying while we're at it. Uh, look, you can check out Ray at askdrbbq.com, which is the website where you can submit us questions. and We'll answer it here on the first Tuesday of every month. Or you can check out Ray on his normal website, drbbq.com or drbarbecue.com. Uh, Ray, always appreciate the time and thanks so much for coming on tonight. Greg, it's good to talk to you, man. Take care. We'll see you right. next month. There he is, Ray Lampy, everybody. This is where I would typically play the horn, but I'm not. So I'll let the 
graphic play uh, instead. That's fine. We're doing it for Brad, ladies and gentlemen. No sound effects for Brad. All right. Coming up next, Damon Woolley from Woolly Bully Barbecue Mafia. But first, let me talk to you about Butcher's Barbecue. Look, here's some pointers. This is what we call a live read in the industry. Guess what? I'm putting it over here because I don't need it. I know a bunch of things about Dave that you need to know if you don't already. First and foremost, uh, Bird Booster. You know you know about the pork, the prime, the beef injection, all that good stuff, all the things that Dave has been known for for years, and he has been competing with his own products for years as well. That's kind of where they're tried and true on the competition circuit, but of course can be used in the backyards or catering or restaurant or whatever. Bird Booster is something new. Uh, came out last year. Look, if you brine your bird and you're still like, man, I'd like a little bit better window, I'd like a little bit more moisture, I'd like some ability to add some flavor to this poultry, Bird Booster is the way to go. And here's what I'm talking about. If you brine a bird, let's say you get uh, 7% extra moisture uh, within the, the, the bird itself. When you use Bird Boost, which is an injection, you're able to retain uh, three times more than that. So uh, simple math will tell you with brining, it's 7%. With Bird Booster, it's 21%. So your window of error goes up. Your ability to retain moisture, add flavor is through the roof. And on top of that, you can get all the other injections that you are uh, accustomedly aware of with Butcher Barbecue and Dave Bosk. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Now, maybe you've strayed off the path of the straight and narrow and tried some other injections from some other commercial manufacturers and you've seen score tumbles if you're a competitor or perhaps in the backyard barbecues people have started to be like yeah yeah that was okay not that good what ha- what did you change well i changed injections well fear not if you have like you know two three four pounds of a commercial injection that isn't dave's Go to the website, butcherbbq.com, up at the top right. There's a thing that's called Trade-In Link. Click on that, fill out the form, and then send your commercially made product that isn't Dave's back to him with the sheet. And once it ends up in Oklahoma, Dave will weigh it. And he will send you back at your request the butcher's prime injection or the pork injection or the beef injection or the bird booster, whatever you want. Hey, what's better than that? You're not throwing your your money away anymore. Yeah, he'll take somebody else's stuff back. He's going to make their customers happy. He's going to make his customers happy. And you get all happy at ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. We're back with Damon Woolley right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, Let's go! All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Ray Lampy for joining me. Last segment, talking about a host of things. I think sponsorship is always important to talk about, by the way. Uh, my next guest, a competitive barbecue cook, competed in the Winter Haven Barbecue Contest this past weekend, walked out with the overall victory, and here to recap it is the pitmaster of Wooly Bully Barbecue Mafia, Damon Wooly, joining me here on the show. Damon, how are you, buddy? 
outstanding. How about you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Dave. Appreciate you making time for the show tonight, buddy. And I guess before we get into this contest this past weekend, uh, for the folks that aren't as familiar with Wooly Bully Barbecue Mafia and so forth, a little background maybe on you personally, and uh, perhaps is, is barbecue something that you have uh, grew up around? Is it something you always been around, or is this uh, a deal you got into later in life? You know, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, you know, I grew up cooking since I was a little kid in the kitchen with my grandma, and we never really barbecued per se. I mean, we we did we cooked on the grill outside, but we never did like competition stock stuff. It's all backyard, my dad and everything. And uh, you know, the, our biggest barbecue experience was you know cooking some some ribs on a WSM or something like that growing up. But we didn't know anything about the, the deal now and. We just happened to be sitting around one afternoon. Uh, I believe it was called the uh, All Star Barbecue Showdown. Yeah. It came on one of the TV shows. It had uh, Ray Lanty and, <laughs> and Myron, and I think uh, Chris Lilly was hosting. And uh, we watched that as a family, and we're like, man, that's pretty cool. That'd be something fun to do. And uh, uh, at the time, I was kind of involved in uh, competitive bass fishing. I was. Uh, I guess chasing some kind of pipe dream there, but you know everybody, most guys like competition. But anyhow, we we decided to buy a smoker and just got to study in the sport and decided we'd go try a, a contest. Uh, there was a, a backyard uh, contest over in Perry, Florida, which is about an hour from my house in Live Oak. It was the FBA event, and we went over there and and got lucky and won the thing. Wow. And then, of course, we were hooked after that. We we stepped up to pro. You know, they're like, you can't you can't cook backyard anymore. So we went to pro, and we got our ass kicked for several contests. And uh, you know, went to the school of hard knocks, and um, finally finally met some some nice people. And uh, actually went to uh, the Rub Bagby's cooking class. His very first one he ever had. He had it in Live Oak and helped out with him and and uh, learned some things from him and learned some things from Dana Hillis and other other people along the way throughout the years and just kind of worked at it really hard. I, I actually, the only official class I ever took uh, uh, that was came later in career was when I took uh, Pete and Melissa Cookson's class up in Georgia because I wanted to branch out and, and learn how to do NBN. And I, at that time, I was, you know, had, had had some success cooking FBA and had that one in KCBS, but... I really wanted to do the the MBN thing because that was just the whole hog and all that was just something to me. And uh, I went up there to uh, Georgia and did a contest, MBN contest, and cooked all three categories right out the gate, which was was a pretty daunting task. And I had my buddy uh, Dana Hillis come cook with me and my family, and we wound up taking first place whole hog, which was what I was after. Uh, we didn't win the contest; we got uh, beat. Uh, by Lonnie Smith and Shoulder, or uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's, no, Lonnie didn't win. Dixon um, Q won, I'm sorry. But anyhow, that just fueled the fire even more. And uh, since I, I began uh, good friends with, with uh, Pete and Melissa and have gone out to Memphis and May and, and had the, the opportunity to cook with them a couple of times and uh, meet a lot of people on the NBN circuit. I've cooked several KCBS up in Georgia and North Carolina over the summer months when I'm not working and, and met some awesome KCBS guys. And I just love the sport of barbecue, whether it's, you know, NBN, KCBS, FBA. Uh, I just always love a new challenge and love meeting new people and seeing new places and 
And when I'm not cooking a contest, I'm I'm usually at home cooking and, and, and whether it's for friends or family or whatever. And I'm, I'm sure you've heard it from a lot of people a lot of the times. Hey, man, you should open a restaurant. And I always tell them, nah, if you do that, it becomes too much like work. <laughs> so, yeah, it becomes all like, like work. <laughs> yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. Damon Woolley joining me here on the show. Uh, Pitmaster of Woolley Bully Barbecue Mafia. Who makes up the team, Damon? Uh, basically just me and my dad. Um, he's, he's commonly referred to as Pops on the, uh, the barbecue circuit. And, um, he's kind of the voice of reason sometimes. I've, I've had my brother come cook with me a few times and my wife and, and two young boys will show up and, uh, and help me out every now and then. But usually it's just me and my dad traveling around. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of a family guy, I, I guess. And, uh, you know, I've never had much of a passion to actually get out and get my ass kicked on the competitive circuit, i got to be honest. Um, but, you know, to be able to spend time with your dad, I'm, I'm guessing you guys are pretty close if you're spending weekends together and, and you're not killing each other during the mix. Uh, what kind of a, of a special bond are you guys sharing and, and a time that you guys are sharing when, you know, a guy your age, a young family, probably uh, typically busy and you probably don't get to see uh, your parents a lot or the in-laws a lot, but you're out there and cooking with them and, and spending a lot of good quality time with him. What kind of a, a relationship do you guys have? Well, it, it's second to none. And to be honest with you, it's a, you know, it's kind of how we got our name. Um, I grew up in a small town and my dad was always involved in small town politics. And he, he was an insurance business for about 35 years. And right when we decided to uh, start a cook team, we had, we had decided on it was going to be Wooly Bully Barbecue. And uh, I, living in a small town, our house was like right dab in the middle of town. And it was always a big joke. Uh, it wasn't a joke to me, but it was always a rumor that my family was in the mafia because we lived in this big two-story house right on the main drag where there were really no other houses. It was mostly commercial businesses. <laughs> and he was actually the county coordinator uh you know, there at the very end of his career, and he got fired about a week before um, we did our first competition, and uh, we were still supposed to cook this big uh, dinner for the for the county that weekend. And I was like, "Well, we're going to change our name. It's going to be the Barbecue Mafia. We're going to we're going to show what's <laughs> up." And and so it was kind of a joke at first, but uh, it stuck, and uh, that's where we came from. And to this day, there's still people in town that that, that talk that noise, but. Um, you, you know, it's, it was it's kind of all in fun, but you know, we go out these contests, and you know, not only are we cooking together and spending the weekend together, but we spent hours and hours together. Um, you know, over the last two years, especially with us driving out to Arkansas for the Sands deal, and we drove all the way up to to the to the Royal, and we drove out to the Jack, and my mom got to come, my brother got to come, and you know, those those are hours and and time spent that you'll remember for the rest of your life. And yep. whether you're barbecuing or whatever you're doing, you know, the way I was raised, I treasured those type memories. And, and I think my kids and my family do as well. Yeah, but uh, great insight there from Damon Woolley. All right, so let's go ahead and take a quick peek back at this past weekend in Winter Haven, Damon. You know, big event, lots of teams were in on it. In general, how does the cook go for you guys over the weekend? Is there anything that comes up that you didn't account for? Uh, yeah, we had a, uh, <laughs> I always joke that it's, you know, you usually do the best when you think your cook was the worst and vice versa. And I was a little late getting my chicken on, tried to uh, jack the temperature up um, about 50 degrees. I normally cook hot and fast with my chicken anyways. And 
I hadn't cleaned my cooker real good from the night before. I was helping a buddy out who was vending and cooking some ribs for him. And with the extra heat, uh, some of the pellets in the bottom caught fire. And I'm sitting there watching the cooker closely, and I could tell it was on fire. And uh, a friend of mine said, you going to open it? I said, no, nah, I'm not opening it. And uh, I said, this gotta, it's just got to go do its thing. And so I pulled the chicken out, and uh, I said, well, it's, it's got to be done no matter what. We turned the chicken in, and I, I stuck my finger in the pan and tasted the, the sauce or the, the juices that were in the pan. And I was yep. like, oh, man, that tastes bad. And uh, <laughs> I never tasted the chicken. I, I took chicken out, soft and boxed it, and I never even tasted chicken. My friend tasted it. My dad didn't even get a taste. I threw it all in the garbage and said, oh, it's got to be bad. I, you know, I didn't do I didn't do any good on chicken. Threw it away and wound up getting uh, snuck in at 10th place chicken. Yeah. So that was kind of a joke amongst everybody. <laughs> So that was our only real fiasco. Everything else was pretty much, you know, on time the way it was supposed to be. But there was such a high quality uh, caliber of, of cook teams oh. there. I mean, any, any, it was, I, I, this is not an exaggeration. There were 45 cook teams there that could have won and have won. So it's, it was just very fortunate for us. We feel very blessed to have, to have been lucky enough to hit the right tables and just, you know, the, the moons and stars aligned and it was our time. So, you know, I don't take anything for granted when it comes to cooking because I know there's so many great cooks out there nowadays. It's, it's tough to win. Yeah, uh, so you're, you're getting ready to throw out 10th place chicken. Uh, you know, when you get that call in chicken initially, is it good to kind of get that first call, and do you feel like it gets a little momentum building into the rest of the categories? Um, yeah, sometimes. You know, everybody always jokes that if you get a call in chicken, you've got it whooped. But uh, when we first started off cooking, uh, that's the only thing we could ever get a call in. We just couldn't do anything anything else. And then once I finally got other categories coming around, chicken fell off. So I spent, you know, the better part of a year and a half, two years chasing down chicken and tried a new technique, a new flavor profile the first of last year, and it hit, and I just ran with it all year. And, you know, it was in the top ten, I think, every time, but like three times. And uh, so I was pretty confident about that. And, you know, that's one of those things that's really tough, in my opinion. It's, it's a very toughest category because there's so many variables. Uh, and with meat selection and, and what the judges might want and, and everything else. But, yeah, it felt good to get a call on that, especially I joke with the guys, man, somebody got robbed. But I don't even know how good the chicken was. I never tasted it. <laughs> I yes. know it was done because they didn't bring it back. But <laughs> Yeah, no, no DQs on that. Uh, so 10th and chicken. Uh, you end up getting fourth in ribs, fifteenth uh, in pork, and an eighth in brisket. So you know, as you're getting you know three top ten calls or better, uh, obviously you don't get called probably for the pork because uh, it's fifteenth. Are you guys keeping track of everyone else that's getting called up to see where you might Absolutely. be in an overall sense? Yeah, I was, everybody was saying, "Oh, you got this." It's either you or good buddies, and I'm thinking, "Well, they got four calls. There's no way I've won this." You know, it's and when they they call good buddies for a reserve. It was bittersweet because, you know, those are good friends of mine. Uh, Joe is, is a, a really good friend, a really great cook. And uh, I'm like, well, I either really bombed the hell out of the port or I just won this thing. And then, you know, of course, when they called me, I was just, uh, I was ecstatic. Um, maybe a little more excited than people thought I should have been. And, and I hope nobody took offense to, to me. You know, I was kind of like whooping it up. You know, I wasn't arrogant about it, but I was literally overcome with emotion, probably more than I've been, even with my first grand and, 
we we talked about that with a couple of friends of mine. Uh, I don't really know why. I guess because I had a lot of family members there. Maybe it was because it was the 10th anniversary. Maybe because it was so built up. I'm not really sure why, but, you know, you can't really control your emotions. Sometimes your emotions control you. And uh, it was just uh, a surreal moment at, at that particular time. So are you guys out on the team of the year run for FBA this year, or is that not even in the in the, in the front view right now? No, unfortunately, um, you know, I, I teach high school for a living and uh, also coach, and it's it's tough for me to uh, to take off every weekend. Even even though I live in Florida, uh, the majority of the contests for me are three hours plus to go to, and and I'm and I'm kind of like uh, rub with Swamp Boys. You know, we I rolled in late for several contests on Friday afternoon because I've had to work the full day or at least half a day, and then try to roll in there and and play catch up and, and I would love to. I mean it'd be awesome to be able to to, to do those and, and even even better yet travel to do more KCBS or MBNs but um, I'm limited by leave time and, and just like tonight, I mean both of my boys are in soccer and I mean I didn't get home tonight till seven o'clock with, yeah. with them. So to me, uh, you know, like last weekend they actually missed their soccer games to come with me because they love that contest so much. <laughs> I kinda <laughs> says a little bit about how much they love barbecue. But uh, you know, I'm not I'm not chasing the team of the year points at all, um, and I'm I'm happy to go out there and be competitive. And and I think if everybody gives me a hard time because they're like, why don't you cook more events? You know, you your your percentage is this and that. I'm like, man, I put way too much thought in this. I just I come show up and and, and cook and have a good time and try to do the best I can with it. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. Damon Woolley is the pitmaster for Woolly Bully Barbecue Mafia. Uh, Damon, congrats again on the win this past weekend. And, man, thanks so much for coming out tonight, man. Let's do it again. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I appreciate what you've done for the sport of barbecue. Like I told you today, uh, you know, when I first started, your show was one I listened to every weekend, or every week, rather, and uh, I always look forward to, to hearing from all your guests, and, and I appreciate what you've done for the sport. And whether you know it or not, you probably helped me along the way some. Oh, well, hey, I appreciate you saying that, man. Take care. Thank you, Greg. All right, there he is, Damon Woolley of Woolly Bully Barbecue Mafia. No website, by the way, but I'm sure that'll be coming at some point as well. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. A little Florida Barbecue Association for that uh, behind, if you will. I think I have something printed off on the computer upstairs, and I was never given it. That's all right. I'm here to talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue. Fred Bernardo, the gang over there at Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Uh, you know by now they're carrying Kamado Joe cookers, the Meadow Creek cookers, uh, any number of cookers, grills, smokers, uh, the biscuit-style smokers, all that stuff. All of these products in stock ready to ship to you directly. Have you been looking for the Oak Ridge Brines and Rubs? Have you been looking for the complete line of Plowboys Rubs, Sauces? How about Smoke on Wheels products? Tasty Licks has them all ready to go. Of course, you know by now, Tasty Licks, your barbecue a big green egg headquarters, including many items that you can't get for the egg anywhere else, made specifically for Fred Bernardo and the gang over there at Big Green Egg. Parts in stock right now. You need them, they'll ship them to you at a fair price, and they'll get to you quickly. Also, if you're looking for injections, Fred Bernardo carrying the full line of all the heavy hitters, Butcher's Barbecue, Cosmos Q, every type of barbecue guru and their associated accessory, Tasty Licks is a Green Mountain Grill dealer as well. And as Fred says right here on the show when he's on, providing classes to the public. A lot of those Fred teaches himself, but he's also bringing in top names in the industry 
to teach the competition classes, also backyard classes as well. I think sometimes the backyarder gets overlooked, and Fred making sure that he is taking care of all of the customer bases here. And uh, you can find them at TastyLicksBBQ.com. Attention teams, Tasty Licks, your barbecue headquarters. All supplies for competition teams, pans in different sizes, aluminum trays, gloves, thermometers, turning boxes for practice. Make it your one-stop shop. TastyLicksBBQ.com, the place to go. So head on over now. Enjoy all the videos that Fred puts up on his page. Plenty to choose from. Very entertaining. And don't forget Tasty Licks supplying their own line of barbecue rubs and sauces. Got to try those. Very good. Man, I have a buttload of brisket rub and sauce I'm going to be giving away here on the show soon. Unless I hoard it all for myself because it's that good. Uh, when you order, drop Fred a line that you heard him about here on this show and let him know his support of the show. Appreciated. You're going to appreciate him right back by shopping at a store. TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. Or visit him if you are in the area at Chillington, Pennsylvania, or call 800-677-2882. We're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Back. Uh, thanks again to Damon Woolley from Woolley Bully Barbecue Mafia for joining me this past segment. Talking about the big win that they had in uh, Winter Haven, FBA event. I promised, I am holding true to my promise, that I will not just be uh, kowtowing with KCBS. You know, they're the biggest. But Florida Barbecue Association uh, still continuing to grow and gain popularity, all that good stuff. Uh, so uh, I'm actually going to be, is it Tony Wolf, the, the president of KCBS? I'm, uh, in, I'm out to him right now. We're trying to hook up a conversation, so we're going to be talking to him about uh, maybe doing a quarterly or at least a couple times during the year to get us up to speed on what's happening over at FBA. Don't want to leave my FBA brethren in the dust. I want to cover all facets this year, 2014, Resolution. Just like my resolution to not use any more sound effects, this is where I would hit the applause button. But I'm not. I'm not doing it. Brad said no way, so I won't do it, as Brad said. All right, uh, we're going to step away here real quick. Uh, i got to run upstairs and see if my read is up on the printer. Refresh, and then we'll load in for the second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? 
You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate fifty four wieners. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shake your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second out. Oh, wait a second. I didn't mean to do that. That was a habit. Sorry. Do you know how long it takes to make a habit? 21 days. So says my friend Joe Beeland from Joe Bees. You take Joe Bees? You should. I haven't been sick in like four. I've been taking Joe Bees uh, supplements. It's uh, all natural bee pop. And people laugh at me and they scoff at me and they're like, ha ha, Rempy, you're so stupid. You're taking these uh, bee pollen pills. Yeah, well, meanwhile, I haven't been sick, like, literally in four years. No flu shots, no flu mist up the nose, no multivitamin or anything like that. I take uh, two Joby capsules in the morning, and I haven't even had... I had a slight cold, slight, for, like, a day or two in four years. Meanwhile, all these ladies that are running around in my house are constantly sick, Especially this time of the year. By the way, you don't hear me moaning and complaining about how cold it is right now because I got a heater down here in my Barbecue Central Radio Network studios, which, as I'm looking at it right now, would not fit when we actually uh, drywall the studio up. That's neither here nor there. And you don't care about that, which I understand. That's fine. All right. Let me talk to you. Oh, man, where do we want to go? Lots of things to talk about here. Still to come on the show tonight, Mike McLeod coming up next segment. Also, uh, Chad Ward from Whiskey Bent Barbecue Competition Cooking Team Barbecue and the host of Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit will be joining me at 1035 to close out the show. On the show next week, you know, everybody knows what the second week of the month brings. No, not bags and bags of cash. Meathead Goldwyn will be joining us from AmazingRibs.com. So we'll be talking about some type of subject matter that may or may not be controversial depending on who you ask also making his first appearance in the new year sam the cooking guy both locked up for february 11th can you believe next tuesday is going to be february 11th already outrageous looking forward to the show though absolutely so trying to think where do i want to go do i want to go heroin do I want to go Super Bowl? Heroin, Super Bowl. Heroin, Super Bowl. Hmm. It's a tough choice. I think heroin can wait until next week. Heroin's a timeless subject that we can talk. You know, lots of people reacting to the show last week. Many folks saying that Deputy Corey, who was my in-studio guest 
added a great element of uh, general fun to the show. A lot of people liked that they could hear him laughing and that he added a new level of fun to the show. A number of people liked my mom calling in randomly and adding her two cents. As always, I got four or five emails from telling me to lose the sound effects. Of course, uh, Brad, uh, the most notable. Uh, More, uh, well, not any more on that. And of course, the most email I got about the show last week was for the call that I took near the end of the show from Katie in Sarasota, who referenced some little kid getting showered with sperm. (laughs) Look, in the interest of fairness, I did go to find the article she was referring to from SteamyKitchen.com, and uh, by the way, the author of that article, Jaden Hare, super blogger of the blogosphere, who's been on the show once, did write about this. And yes, it does exist. It is on the Steamy Kitchen website. But in all honesty, after you read it, not nearly as entertaining as what transpired on the show live last Tuesday. Way funnier. Way funnier. Luckily, my comedic timing is still as sharp as a tack, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to read about some kid getting... I think it was cod sperm spilled all over himself. He did it to himself, too, which is potentially more grotesque or funny, depending on what kind of sense of humor you have. I think anybody getting sperm spilled over them or getting showered in sperm is both perverse and funny. That's just me. All right, football fans, what did you think about the Super Bowl? How did it taste? My goodness. I have to say... I didn't expect to see such an ass-kicking take place. Have such a one-sided contest, by the way. And with all the hype and expectation going in in regards to Peyton Manning and the vaunted Broncos offense, well, as a non-expert football person, I can safely say that the beloved Cleveland Browns could have done just as good as that nightmare. They only scored eight freaking points, the Broncos did. Eight points. Let me tell you, many would say that the safety right at the top of the game sealed the fate as far as momentum is concerned, but I believe it took place when Percy Harvin ran that kickoff back to start the second half. That was brutal. He is fast. At 50-yard line, breakaway speed. That's what they call breakaway speed. When you're running faster than everybody else running to you, That's what we call breakaway speed in this league. Of course, the saving grace of the Super Bowl. Oh, man. Did I make some succulent ribs? That's right. Four racks cooked to perfection, rubbed with butcher's barbecue honey rub. See, I actually used my last bottle on them. So I'll be in touch, Dave, order uh, to order a little bit more soon, like real soon. See, I do use product uh, that support the show. I'm not the guy that says I use them and then I don't use them. I just use my last bottle of Butcher Barbecue Honey Rub. And it saddens me each and every time that I do that because I love it so much. Uh, I made my own barbecue sauce. And let me tell you something. Quick side note about uh, homemade barbecue sauce. If you sign up for the newsletter on the website, you get my top secret homemade barbecue sauce recipe. FYI. But Maron, these ribs had to be some of the best I have cooked like ever. Really good. Now, many of you probably clamoring for how I did it. 
I'll share it with you. Because that's the type of guy I am. You want to ask me to do something, I'm going to do it. For instance, Brad asked me to not use uh, the air horn sound effect anymore in the, in the applause. I'm not using it this show. It's off. It's banned for the show. Could be banned forever. But here's what I did. So first of all, I removed the membrane off the back of the ribs. You guys know how to do that. If you're new to the barbecue game, uh, ribs have a membrane on the back bone side, as we would call it, meat side, bone side. And you work a little uh, knife underneath that the first, very first layer, you I mean you can you can get nasty on it and ruin a whole rack of ribs if you get too aggressive with a knife. Here's some better advice. Be sure to check out my YouTube page, which you can find right there, YouTube slash barbecue the number four the letter U. B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, the numeral four the letter U. YouTube.com. Check out my YouTube page and see the method that I do for removing rib membranes on baby backs. Well worth the two-minute time investment. Save you years of removing members. Then flip them over, thin layer of EV olive oil, rubbed with butcher barbecue honey rub, not once, not twice, but three times. Then into the cooker with applewood pellets for about two and a half hours at 225 degrees. Got some succulent color. Then racks off the cooker into the kitchen for foil. So lay out the foil, then brown sugar down, three pats of butter down, drizzle with a little agave nectar, then ribs meat side down on top of that. And then, just for fun, three more pats of butter on the bone side, and then a couple, two, three, four squirts of apple juice to get a little uh, moisture in there. Oh, man. So good. So good. You know, that reminds me of something. Doing all my prep work uh, in advance as I am ought to do, I took two sticks of butter out and cut them into pats. I mean, what a pain in the ass. Here's the kicker. I can't find squeezable butter anywhere. Like anywhere. Where the hell is parquet squeeze butter at? Is this like a regional thing? A southern thing or something like that? I was so pissed in the store that I called my 1035 guest, Chad, uh, Chad Ward from Whiskey Bed Barbecue. I ended up yelling at his voicemail because I couldn't find the squeeze butter. Could someone tell me where you find this stuff? I can't find it anywhere. Would love to know. It's like the holy grail of barbecue for me. I can get everything else that everybody else uses, tiger sauce, whatever. I can't get squeeze parquet to save my life. If my life depended on it, I would be dead. The only thing that could have made the cook better, being able to squeeze. What are you cutting up pats of butter? Come on. Way better than that. Totally better. All right, uh, coming up next, Mike McLeod from MMA Creative. Stay tuned for that. Let me talk to you quickly about... Stephen DeFranco and Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Hey, folks, maybe you didn't know it's uh, February 4th, according to my Stephen DeFranco watch right there, the Accutron Precisionist. That means in a mere 10 days, Valentine's Day coming. No fear, I got you covered here. First, go to Stephen DeFranco's website, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, StephenDeFranco.com, peruse the inventory, and then once you find... What is going to get you out of the doghouse this Valentine's Day? Man, don't screw it up. I've been saying it for like three years since he sponsored the show. Don't screw it up. This year, don't be the douche that screws up Valentine's Day. Let Steve help you out. Once you see what you like, call him, 
2700-943-2700, area code 440. Ask for Steve when somebody answers the phone. Say, hey, Steve, this is Jim, Tom, Bobby, or Sue. I listen to the Barbecue Central show all the time. Rempy tells me to call in, ask for you. I want the Barbecue Brother or Sister discount, and here's what I'm looking at. Now, Steve going to take you on a little bit of a journey. going to ask you questions, going to make sure that what you are looking for meets the need, meets the feeling that you're looking to get out, meets the budget, not trying to upsell you into something that you don't need. So Steve isn't working on a commissionable dollar, so to speak, where he wants to have you spend six, $700 more so he can line his pockets. It's not about that. He wants to make sure you're happy with your first purchase, your eighth purchase, and your eighth hundredth purchase. Customers for life, that's what we're looking here for at Stephen DeFranco, and that's why I've decided long ago that I'm only buying all jewelry from Stephen DeFranco because he's local, uh, he's here to help the barbecue and grilling community, and he's here to help you save dollars, free shipping, all the free stuff that you don't get from the big chain stores. Forget about it. Call him, 440-943-2700. Visit the website, stephendefranco.com. We're back with Mike McLeod right after this from MMA Creative. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. We are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. My first guest in the second hour, a veteran to the show, created one of the most revered food competitions during the course of the year, and also president CEO of MMA Creative. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Mike McLeod. Mike, how are you, buddy? Very good. Fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Mike. Appreciate you asking. Got to make sure I'm getting uh, your right graphic up here because you're not Damon Woolley from uh, Woolly Bully Barbecue. There you are. What a handsome fellow you are. Mike, where are you these days? <laughs> oh, I'm in a uh, undisclosed location in Middle Florida. All right. right. Oh, Middle Florida. All right. So at least you're uh, not suffering through the uh, continuous brutal winter that uh, Cleveland is right now. Well, it was kind of a chilly 73, 74 degrees today. Ooh. So I'm... I'm trying to survive yeah definitely a nip in the air uh, mike before we get into uh some of the stuff we want to talk about let me ask you something uh there's this uh, company and a uh, competitive team out there called pork barrel barbecue you ever heard of them i have yes i have so at the end of the year they put together this uh, top 25 most influential people of 2013 when it comes to barbecue i have to say and you're i'm of course you're very professional and too modest but i gotta be honest I can't believe you didn't make that list. Are you <laughs> the creator well, I, of the World Food Championships? For crying out loud, what is going on? Well, I appreciate that. Um, 
you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And um, I was paying attention to their list. I was I was watching, and uh, I was glad that they put um, an event organizer on there. Ronnie Case uh, came in at 25, I think. And, um, you know, they looked at it from a few different angles than I would have. But that's that's fine. They they were the originators of the list, and um, I, I don't have any any issues with it. Um, I, I I think beyond the World Food Championships, though, I think our impact of of uh, prize money and attention to barbecue over over the past six to eight years is in the KCS network is is certainly more significant than what we did with the World Food Championships. Although I think. The World Food Championships will become the the biggest thing in competition uh, food and foods. What we call food sport. I think maybe my time. If they're going to do that annually, maybe my time will be later. It's just they don't they don't um, see or or think that uh, our impact is is that critical right now. And I, I'm okay with that. It's their opinion. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show, president, CEO of MMA Creative, the website MMACreative.com, also a creator of World Food Championships, uh, which can be found at WorldFoodChampionships.com. So, uh, you know, first things first, let's stick with the barbecue stuff right off the top. Sam's Club 2014, was there any trepidation leading in before the formal announcement that, that, that Sam's was or was not going to do this this year, or, or was it a for sure thing? Pretty much going it. Um, until you can, uh, until the fat lady sings, <laughs> I hear that term loosely in barbecue. Um, <laughs> there's always trepidation right, until until you can make an announcement. But um, we we knew Sam was coming back. We just didn't know to what degree and what to what level. Uh, it, it did take longer this year than we expected. Um, we we worked with them closely. They they had some internal uh, organizational changes mm. and things that, that were going on that, that we had to weed through and had to be patient for. But uh, we we knew all along that they were coming back. Uh, we just couldn't make the announcement. And I I hate it for the for the barbecue industry itself because I knew, I know a lot of people make their schedules and uh, wait for the Sam's Club schedule to come out before they make their annual schedules. So we were. We were sweating bullets the whole time because of that reason, not because we we didn't think Sam was going to come back. It was just a, a matter of, of juggling two or three balls there. If Sam's would have decided to take, you know, because of, uh, you know, I mean, look, uh, big organizations change from time to time and different decision makers come in. I mean, being a sales guy by profession, I understand, you know, what that's like and having to suffer through that stuff. If Sam's would have decided to take a big step back or potentially not do it this year, uh, do you think that would have been a tremendous setback for the sport of competition barbecue, or is it something that uh, easily could have been overcome and, and potentially backfilled at some point? I think it would have been a huge step backwards for the industry, um, and it would have it would have hurt the industry tremendously, um, just because it, it would have been a major player stepping away from the momentum that has been developed. Through the numerous things that we've talked about before, whether it's pit masters, whether it's um, uh, just uh, competition from a regional standpoint or national standpoint, it, it would have it would have been a kink in the armor, in my opinion. So I'm glad uh, that was not the case, and I'm glad we're moving forward. And um, uh, I'm, I'm I continue to be very excited about the prospects for barbecue and for food sport in general. 
So Sam's Club moves forward into 2014. Uh, is there anything new or anything that has changed from years past that we might be able to expect this year? Not really. Uh, this this year is about uh, consistency and operational efficiency. Uh, we've, we've talked about that before. We continue to try to get it better. Uh, continue to try to get it smoother. Uh, we had a, a glitch or two in the, the sign-up process this year on the uh, on the team side, but we were able to fix it pretty quickly. Uh, but now from an operational day-to-day functional standpoint, I expect everything to go very smoothly. Troy Black will be um, a great tour director. My team uh, devotes to the Sam's Club. Barbecue Tour will do an excellent job, and uh, there's going to be a huge prize first, and there's going to be a great championship um, in 2014. So uh, I'm excited that we'll have that consistency and we'll have that, uh, that silver thread continuing for 2014. And um, I think it's, it, it's kind of, you know, things move in cycles. Things, there's, there's always this peak. There's always this, this sustenance moment, this, this plateau, plateau moment. And I, I think we're right there at that plateau moment. So between 13 and 14, you'll see this, this plateauing effect. And then hopefully we'll see this rifle uh, shot upward with uh, whether it's SAMs or, or other organizations that come on board. For 2015, I, I think you're going to see another evolution, another, another escalation of it. The the Wall Street Championships, when it comes out with the, with the TV show that we just shot and uh, produced in, in Las Vegas in November, um, I think there's going to be another huge shot in the arm of food sports. So it's going to give us that, that next ramp up to hopefully the next wave. So I'm, I, I think this is this is a building here. built. Well, as they say in sports, this is a, um, a rebuilding, a building year, and, and kind of a building block for the future. Mike McLeod is our guest. Mike, you had mentioned the the registering issues here for the Sam's Club. Is this, you mean you go through, uh, well, I guess the only way I really have to, to pulse out what's going on is through the Internet, and obviously the Internet is the Internet, and uh, that's about all you can say about that. Because that you've had, uh, not you personally, but because there have been successive uh, years where there has been some type of issue uh, with the registering process, has KCBS ever thought about uh, maybe outsourcing it to a certain degree to ensure that uh, there isn't any hiccups, uh, or is that something that they might look at uh, in years to come? You know, it's not a matter of outsourcing because technically they they are outsourcing it to us. It's a matter of... Um, of investment, it's a matter of um, uh, of opening up massive traffic, opening up massive, um, uh, I think, bandwidth and, and security measures, lowering security measures. But for us to have a seamless registration process in the fans club series, when you have a thousand teams in America trying to get on in a three to five second, ten second scenario, we KCBS is going to have to invest more money at that very moment to to have a bigger infrastructure. It's just it's a pure technical play. It doesn't matter if it's outsourced to us, or if it's outsourced to Obama's internet team. I mean, just <laughs> there there are things that you cannot achieve on the internet unless you unless you increase um, all of the bells and whistles when it comes to the internet. And, and the unfortunate thing is you. You can't do that temporarily. You, no. you know, you we we have this massive surge for one hour for two hours in a year. So to 
what internet companies who who create the hosting and the technical support behind those, those things, they look for annual contracts. Not a, you can't just buy it by the hour. It's not like going to a deli and buying you know an extra buffet ticket. Uh, so we, we have we have some issues, some challenges there from from the fact the volume that we deal with on a day to day basis, a month to month basis, a week to week basis is so challenged in one night that what we may have to do is, do is look at the structure, look at the process. How do we do? Do we open up registration for regional? From a regional perspective, not just a national perspective. So we're we're kicking those things those things around and, and trying to figure out an easier way, another way to do it. Do we take away the payment process and deal with that 24 hours later, 48 hours later, or do we do one region at a time, day after day after day? Um, we're still going to have we, we believe in that process. You're going to have a thousand teams still trying to get into 30 spots. So yeah. you know it's impossible to to make everyone happy, but. Um, it's a technical thing. It's not an outsourcing thing. It's it's just um, the, the, the fact of or, or the, um, the situation that we deal with. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show, president, CEO of MMA Creative, uh, creator, obviously, of the World Food Championships. Uh, Mike, we've talked about this in the past, about you know Sam's being viewed as some evil monster. Uh, this year, uh, I believe it was at the banquet, uh, there was some type of now a, a petition that made an appearance that I think six or seven people actually signed. Uh, but it, again, it goes back to this uh, defense of local competitions that might take an attendance hit because now there's a Sam's event that might be around it, uh, whether it be a local or a, a regional event. But uh, are people just not able to grasp the fact that somebody like a Sam's is willing to infuse money and promotion and all this stuff to, to kind of ante up the sport as a whole and holding on to some local competition that maybe should uh, take a, a feather of Sam's cap and say, hey, what can we do to get more people to our local event than a Sam's event? You know, it's uh, that's a great topic. It'll take us an hour to discuss it. I'll wrap it up in a real quick uh, acronym. It's called it's called NIMBY. Not in my backyard. Everything's great until you until you come in and impact my my local event, right? So we at, since Sam's part of the Sam's process is to move it from region to region occasionally to move some of the clubs and and move it around the country to to bring bar competition barbecue to areas that are new for Sam's club. We're, we're going to run into conflicts. There are 450 events in the KCS network. There are only 52 weekends. Think about it. There's, there's, there's just, we can't invent new weekends, right? So um, we're, we're going to constantly run into this challenge. We're going to constantly run into some overlapping and some, some situations that uh, are, are undesirable. However, I'm very proud of this uh, current KCS board. We, we talked about it in depth at the banquet, and uh, they came up with a program or a suggestion for a program that I'm working on. I'm, we're having a strategic retreat in, um, next weekend that, um, that we're going to try to come back with some support mechanisms for contests that are, that are truly impacted by a Sam's Club event. So um, you'll, you'll hear positive news about that soon. We, we believe it'll be a, a litmus test and a um, a precedent for any event that gets impacted by Sam's Club going forward. Uh, so I'm, I'm very proud of the board for 
considering it, uh, thinking about it, bring it, bring it up, and, and we'll have a we'll have a good announcement about that soon. Uh, Mike, anything uh, else KCBS related before we uh, delve into the World Food Championships? No, I, I think uh, KCBS continues to be the leader in uh, barbecue uh, competitions. I think they're it, it's it's the best run organization. I think the last couple of years have been fantastic. Candy Weaver's a phenomenal job as our president. Um, I'm not sure who's going to become the new president, but they've got big shoes to fill, and uh, just. Very proud of our association right now. Mike McLeod is our guest. Uh, Mike, so let's go ahead and uh, retreat back to the World Food Championships. Uh, obviously, a couple months removed now. Um, you know, you go to uh, the website, worldfoodchampionships.com. I, I don't like to uh, come off as a kiss-ass, Mike, but the sizzle reel that you have for the 2013 event like gets me all pumped up and jacked up. I mean, it's one of the most uh, well-produced sizzle reels that I've seen for an event, uh, which probably just goes to show or lends to the credibility why this thing got like a TV show, right? Uh, first of all, thank you, uh, Greg. We we invested a lot of time and a lot of resources into that sizzle reel. We wanted to capture the essence of uh, food sport and what the World Food Championships were about, not only from a barbecue perspective, but from, from numerous competition angles, whether it's burger, chili, um, dessert, recipe, pasta, et cetera. We, people are so passionate about food sport that it's, that it's something that ha- it's a story that has to be told. It needs to be told. And, and I feel very fortunate to be in a position to um, create a, uh, an event that, that trumps that, or that and, and celebrates it on, on an annual basis. It, it, we truly believe it's going to become a Super Bowl of food, food sport. And, um, Wait till you see the the, the television, the, the true television production. We what we did with the sizzle reel is what an amateur company does. The people that we're working <laughs> with now, Sharp Entertainment, nineteen um, or nineteen Entertainment, Sharp uh, Media Group, they produce American Idol. So <laughs> we we couldn't be aligned with a better company to produce a better program to uh, replicate a better. Um, example of what food sport is all about and we're just tickled to death. I get to see the first episode we're just six episodes of the created for the twenty thirteen World Championship. And um, I get to see the first episode on Monday and uh, I'm just I'm just giddy. I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, Mike, as far as the first event that took place you know, 2012, uh, you go do the second event here in 2013. Logistically, what did you learn from the previous year that you were able to improve upon uh, for this past event? We learned a thousand lessons. <laughs> and we <laughs> boiled it down into four critical areas. And and one of the, the critical areas was operational efficiency. We we had to make sure everything was smoother more compact and, and more logistically um, sensible. And and we were able to accomplish that from an organizational standpoint. And it helped, and it was necessary because TV came in. There were 10 TV film crews this year at the 2013 Food Championships. And if we had not experienced what we did in 2012, and tighten things up from an operational standpoint for 2013, we would not have been able to accommodate the film crews and what they need to achieve 
for 2013. So we, um, I, I've got, a, we do what's called a COE, a correction of errors process in our organization. And, um, when we came out of the 2012 event, we had a 48 page document and we, uh, we, we tackled those things day in or day out until 2013 came around. And I was very proud of my staff. I was very proud of our organization, uh, for achieving phenomenal feats and getting ourselves ready for, for prime time because it was, we had to be ready. TV was there. Every eye was on us. Every camera was rolling. And uh, we we couldn't hide any awards that existed or any major hurdles that existed. So we were able to, to remove those things in one year, and, and that was a phenomenal feat. Mike, in the end, were you surprised that the three teams standing at the final table were no less than uh, three barbecue teams? No, I was very proud of that. I was, it, 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 in fact, I think it underscores how great the barbecue industry is. Everyone is from burger to dessert to bar, to the barbecue team, the pit makers. Um, every one of them were seasoned, really, in our world. They were seasoned professionals. But you know what? In the consumer world, Greg, they're not known as that. Yep. And and that's what we really hope to achieve with the TV show. You, know, you look at pit makers. Um, I, I'm not sure average Joe American. And I'm not knocking pit makers. I'm not. What John Marcus came up with with pit makers is phenomenal. I think it's been great, great thing to our industry. So I'm not sure the average Joe American thinks they can be Johnny Trigg or Myron Nixon. And the difference in our show and what we're, we're trying to accomplish for World Food Championships is we're trying to convince people that if, if you're great at making a carrot cake, by God, you've got a chance to win fame and fortune. Yeah. You got to come through the World Food Championship pro- program, and that's exactly what happened with with uh, Dave from Olathe, Kansas. He wins the whole damn thing with a carrot cake recipe. His mother is his sous chef, and um, it, it it is the perfect Chris money maker moment for food sport. It's going to I think it's going to break open the world of food sport, and everyone in America who thinks they've got a great recipe, whether it's for pasta, for lasagna, for a burger for barbecue, whatever, whatever it is, they're going to get into the game, and and we're going to create that American idol of food, and that's that's what our objective is. So I'm, I'm I was not surprised that three the top three finishers were barbecue teams because they've been there, they've done that, they've tested themselves, they've competed day in and day out. Even even Dave who want who who want to dessert, he's a he's a barbecue uh, aficionado at heart. So he's been there. He knows what the time clock's all about. He knows what preparation's all about. He knows what, how to make it just right at the right moment uh, of turn in. So um, it did. It did surprise me a bit. I was very proud of every one of them. Uh, Mike, last question before I let you go, and I appreciate the time tonight. Uh, heading into World Food Championships 2014, uh, anything new as far as qualifications or uh, regional events or anything like that that we need to know about? Yeah, a couple things. Um, tomorrow we're announcing our automatic qualifiers for um, the 2014 event, so you'll see about uh, 100 or 200 events that will come out publicly. And then secondly, we are going to create um, Super Regionals this year for 2014. That's why I'm in Florida right now. There's a, a lot of interest in the state of Florida, a lot of interest in the state of um, Arizona, New Mexico, California, uh, to create uh, year-round 
super qualifier events. So we're working on that. My, my sales team is um, working diligently on that. So um, I think you're going to see some some new ways to get into the to the championship this year. It's going to be very fun. Sounds absolutely fabulous. Mike McLeod, president, CEO of MMA Creative and the creator of the World Food Championships. Mike, always appreciate the time and the conversation. Thanks for coming on tonight. Always enjoy, Greg. Thank you very much. You got it. There he is. Mike McLeod, MMA Creative. Oh, wait a second. Got to make sure we're paying the right bills here, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, okay. So, look, if you have a winning recipe or whatever... I remember back the first time we had talked about World Food Championships with Mike when he was talking about the very first one. I said, man, what about next year you do, like, hyper-region, like the Sam's Club? Locals, regionals, and then the best of the best get catapulted into, to uh, Las Vegas for the finals. So it sounds like uh, something similar happening, and we wish him good luck with all of that here in 2014. I'm telling you, man, I'm going to kill my cat. This thing, you can't see it because of the green screen. Just running around. God, I hate this cat. Just die, cat. Die. Chad Ward coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you about Cook Shack, newest sponsor of the show. Philosophy is a reflection of its origins as a small family-owned business. The company provides great products, fair prices. Cook Shack, leading authority in the barbecue cooking products and technology providing high-end products and exceptional customer service. Cook Shack is the best in the world at providing barbecue solutions, making customers happy, successful through the knowledge of sharing resolution-based customer service. Now, in addition to its employees in Ponca City, Oklahoma, Cook Shack has an integrated dealer distributor or distributor network to help sell the products through the United States internationally. Cook Shack provides commercial competition cooking classes, online recipes, video cooking classroom. Cook Shack participates in barbecue competitions and trade show each year. Cook Shack has a website, cookshack.com, social media groups, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google Pluses, LinkedIn, all that stuff, plus a world-famous barbecue forum. All of its products built individually by skilled craftsmen with quality materials to ensure the longevity of the purchase. They also sell accessories, sauces, rubs, woods, pellets to use in the ovens and grills. Three lines of products are offered, commercial, competition, residential. With a variety of sizes, Cook Shack can fit the need of any type of consumer. In late 2003, Cook Shack and Fast Eddie Morin formed an agreement for Cook Shack to manufacture the Ed Morin line of championship barbecue smokers and pellet grills. How about that? For the commercial line, Cook Shack smokers, high demand for restaurant and catering. On the competition circuit, Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions. Cook Shack residential smokers, number one smoker in the industry. You can purchase yours at cookshack.com. Unconditional, 30-day, money-back, guarantee, purchase any Cook Shack product, and if you are not 100% satisfied, return it within 30 days for a refund, credit, or replacement. Cook Shack products are proudly made here in the USA, Oklahoma. They make them right there, and high integrity, high standards for your protection, peace of mind. Buy a Cook Shack. Again, cookshack.com or call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. And as they say, smoking made simple. Chad Ward next. Stick around. Big name interviews. Advice on cooking brisket and ribs. 
and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We are back, 877-448-0433, Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Coming out on the bully tonight, a guy I love talking barbecue with, an accomplished barbecue pitmaster, barbecue entrepreneur with his own barbecue supply store. Uh, also hosts his own internet show just before the really big barbecue show on Blog Talk Radio, Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit. Let's go ahead and welcome back friend of the show, Chad Ward, joining me here. Uh, Chad, how are you, bud? Doing great, Greg. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Chad. Always appreciate the time you make for the show. Uh, no sound effects tonight, good or bad for the show, Chad? I hate it. You hate I it? I hate it. Has this been the yes. worst show ever? Yes. Brad, 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 Brad. No, no, it's not been a bad show because you've had a great guest, but Brad, Brad should be... Brad should be shunned from the show. Uh-oh. Brad is could potentially be banned from the show is what you're saying? I, I I think you should take it under advisement. All right. We'll take it under advisement. We'll put it in a special committee and take it out for exploratory on top of that. Uh, Chad, let me ask you something. Ribs and parquet, where the hell does one get squeezable butter for crying out loud? Greg, I, I heard your voicemail. Oh, my God. And it was... Uh, Troublesome? We, <laughs> we, we, we find it everywhere down here. It's in Walmart... It's in Publix. It's in One Dixie. It's everywhere down here. So that's kind of like weird to hear you say, you know, like where do you find this at? It's wow. It's it's all around us. So I guess up there in Ohio, things are not not so good. Yeah. Well, um, I guess I could cover a multitude of things here in Ohio, <laughs> but that's neither here. That's a different show. All right, 2014, uh, KCBS, Kansas City Barbecue Society. Uh, predictions, feelings, pontifications. You look at uh, Tim Grant, who came off a ridiculous year last year, winning Team of the Year. Of course, right on the heels, literally, Donnie Bray of Warren County yes. Pork Choppers having one less grand. I mean, uh, tied at number, but then you have to go back and, and start doing the tie break stuff. These two guys were cooking out of their minds, and then two weeks ago, yes. Donnie Bray just shows right up and wins right out of the gate, which yes. shows that perhaps yes. he's got the momentum rolling. Uh, you're well uh, steeped into competition barbecue. you got your finger on the pulse. What are you thinking about this year? Well, I, I'm thinking prediction-wise, uh, you know, t- Tim on on my radio show last week, which, Greg, I, my radio show will never be what the really big barbecue show is. Unquestioned. But, yeah, unquestioned. The, but, and talking to Tim, Tim talks about he wants to settle down this year, this and that. Yeah. Um, from talking to Donnie Bray at Pigfest, he does not want to set her down. I got a feeling uh, to take from a Metallica song, Donnie Bray wants to seek and destroy. Wow. He and, wants to and, ride the lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? The guy, if you look at the Florida towards this time of year is, is where the KCBS contests are at. Yeah. He comes down here to, to Plant City. One's GC, 
forces him and Tim to go to Calhoun to, to figure out who's the winner is. And then comes back down here to Lakeland and wins Lakeland. Yep. I, you know what? I don't, I, I don't care what state you're from. You, you come down here, you win two contests in three months. You just know how to cook. And, and, you, and you've got it figured out. So, you know, you, you've got to say, I think this year is Donnie Bray's year. Chad, you mentioned Florida, and obviously that played a big part in the end of the team of the year process in 2013. Is there a regional thing that you need to account for when you are cooking in a Georgia, when you're cooking in a Florida, uh, or is it you just need to be able to cook well and that will carry the day? I'm going to tell you, we have have cooked uh, 15 states now. And the only ones I've noticed a big difference is, is in the Midwest. They, they like pork a little earlier than we like it. And they like it really, really, really sweet. Everything really sweet. Um, over on the West Coast, not been a huge difference. On the East Coast, not been a big difference. But right there, like at the Royal and in that Kansas City area, it, it's it's a little lesser done pork, and all the categories a little bit sweeter. Chad Ward, Whiskey Bent Barbecue, joining me here on the show, also host of Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit, which you can find on Blog Talk Radio from seven to nine, just before this show. Uh, Thank Chad, you. I was just talking with uh, Mike McLeod from MMA Creative, uh, obviously creator of the World Food Championships, but also integral yes. in getting Sam's Club Series uh, for KCBS. Were you surprised to hear this year that there was now a, a petition against Sam's Club? And, you know, what's your take on the series itself now going into its fourth year? Well, Greg, I'm, I'm going to tell you on the Sam's Club series, I, I, I understand, you know, shit's going to happen. People are going to get, you know, it, it was like, I mean, I, I kind of laugh about it down here in the South. People said, oh, well, we already had an FBA event, event scheduled. Well, this wasn't like it's a, a, a 10-year FBA event. I think it's a first or second year event. You know what? Blow that off. And, and I'm not trying to, to feel bad for the event organizer, but you know we're looking at a $20,000 contest and 30 teams. I, I I really think unless unless Sam's Club goes into let's say in the Northeast, unless he just goes and says we're going to put a date against New Holland, or we're going to put a date against Winter Haven, Smoke on the Water. I, I will tell you what, right now if they said the Florida date was the first weekend of February, nobody would show up. Nobody. Nobody. Because everybody that cares to cook Sam's Club will be at Frank's event, which Damon won, and I won last year, at Smoke on the Water. And none of us would leave that event. None of us. I, I know that. I know how we're wired. So it would. you may have guys fly down here and cook it. You may have guys that can't get into Frank's event, go cook it. But the guys that really need something FBA would not cook it. So 
I don't want to say a boycott of Sam's Club because, dude, they're putting up a half a million dollars. You can't boycott that. But if they win against a legendary contest, they're probably going to get, you know, shit options. Chad Ward joining me here on the show, uh, breaking down the Sam's Club deal. Uh, let's flip gears real quick on to a sanctioning body that obviously you're very... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Greg, can I, can I have one second? Yeah. I do want to commend Mike McLeod and his group on the World Food Championships this year. I, I had heard there was knocks on. It was all over the property the first year. Da, 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 da. Yep. What they did on Fremont Street and what they did... What they did there was an absolute pleasure. So kudos to Mike and the group at MMA Creative. All right, so uh, a sanctioning body that's near and dear to your heart, Florida Barbecue Association. Uh, again, you have a, a KCBS Team of the Year race that was outstanding. Turn right back around, look down at the southeast, you see Florida Barbecue Association having a ridiculous Team of the Year race between three different yeah. teams. Yeah. Uh, everybody thinking that Jim Elser was going to kind of go away with it, but Matt Barber kind of, I don't want to say snatches it from him at the end, but wins in the very last event of the year and it takes uh, overall uh, Florida Barbecue Association Team of the Year. So, Ask you for predictions about KCBS. Uh, you got your finger on the pulse of FBA as well. Is this going to be a year where uh, Jim Elser is going to be able to go uh, wire to wire uh, this time? Not again, but this time. Uh, or do you see Hot Wachulas repeating, or do you see somebody else coming up and knocking down everybody? Now, no, Greg. Yo. I carry both of these men's products in my store. <laughs> no names, but please. But I will tell you right now, as a man that statute limitations ran out, yeah. may, may have used to roll may, a sports book. Maybe. I will say that you're back-to-back winner in the FBA is how what you look. Wow. So you're going back-to-back with Matt Barber? But, but Jim is going to run him. He's going to run him hard. It's going to be like this year. It's going to be like those guys. Well, you, you heard the story, right? Yes. Neither one of those guys are cooking the Sam's Club Tampa. Because there's an FBA event. They don't want to give up points. <laughs> right. So they're going to both drive to Daphne. Alabama and uh, and try to qualify there. And I'm sure they both will qualify there. They are very, very good cooks. Here's my only difference. And here's why I side with Matt is Matt really does live the business. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt every day is boiling sauces, boiling injections. Da, da, da. I mean, Matt, Matt is, and, and Jim, like me, has a, a real job. So as much as he wants to daydream about it, he can't. But that, my, my agreement is Matt, Matt Barber, 2014, team of the year. All right, there he is. So Chad Ward on the record here uh, on February 4th. So many yes. months left to go. So we'll see how that pans out. 
Uh, Chad, general barbecue trends this year, is there something that uh, you see happening in 2014 that is going to jump off that no one will see coming? Uh, um, I, I think... I think actually Ray Lampy hit on it earlier. Which him, is... Him and Fast Eddie are going to win Team of the Year KCBS? No. Oh. No, I think I think he said I don't want to become a Paul Kirk, and I would say that is a uh, a big thing this year. But no, I, I think um, <laughs> and I did just think that was hilarious when Ray said that. <laughs> but the uh, no, uh, the the I don't think there's any big trends. I think. Um, I, I think it's just cook the best average barbecue you can cook. That's it. And, and you know what? In certain categories, there may be different pieces cooked than other people assume. But I, I, I think it's just that cook good average barbecue. Um, I, I think Donnie Bray will run hard and win KCBS team of the year. And I think my barber will go back to back here in the FBA. Do you think that the, uh, maybe teams will diverge at all from the, the uh, let's call them the, the winning flavor profiles to stand apart from the crowd this year? Greg, there's a, uh, there's a huge risk when you do that. Um, and, and you can, you can just say, Hey, we're gonna forfeit this thousand dollars, <laughs> and, and and no, 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 seriously, and we're gonna we're gonna just go outside the box, and if you get a knock or two, you go, well, well, shit, maybe we need to try it again, but I, I I don't know, man. I I've heard from too many guys that have done too well, and and no one, you know, the little bit of success we've had in this game is uh, just being that down the line, right and center, is uh, it's hard to beat. Chad, were you uh, being a potentially infamous bookmaker, uh, or were you surprised that this past Sunday Super Bowl, I was devastated? I would have, if I'd have been a running book back then, <laughs> I would have taken every, 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 Denver minus two and a half. I could have took. Greg, it's what we grew up on. Defenses win championships. But even after such a prolific offensive season, no, 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 one no, no, game no. makes a difference? Here's what you got to understand, Greg. Is I, I am a Gator. You're gay? I'm a Gator. Oh, sorry. A Florida Gator. Yes, right. I realize what Peyton Manning does in big games. And it is. Choke, choke, choke. Okay? <laughs> so, once again, it was like I told a, I told a, I told a neighborhood buddy of mine the other day, he goes, man, how did you call that game so well? Because we walked out, me and my wife, going to a Super Bowl party. He goes, what's the score, Chad? I said, Seattle by 21 at least. Wow. And he goes, how do you call that? I said, Peyton won't know. Peyton won't know whether to shit or go blind. 
And no offense, Greg. That's what happened. Yes. The dude, that guy. He looks had, like he shit and went blind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and on top of that, didn't complete a pass. <laughs> so, so it was just, it was like, and I, I you know, you could never handicap the the first snap of the game is going to go over his head. Yeah. But it was like that just got him rolling back to being Tennessee volunteer Peyton Manning. Wow. And there was the Florida defense in front of him. He he just he just struggled. And uh you know, I wasn't I wasn't surprised. Chad Ward uh not only breaking down the barbecue world but breaking down professional football and seismic and gargantuan proportion, pitmaster of Whiskey Bent Barbecue and host of Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the pit. Chad, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, Greg, one second. What? I'd like to say. All right, go ahead. You are the really big barbecue radio show. Thank you. you, you dude, you're the guy. And, and, and the one thing I got to say is, oh. fuck Brad. We got to go back to the sound effects. Bring him back? We got to bring him back. All right. Hey, hey, Greg, hit me with one. Run, run me with the sound effect. Run me right now with the sound effect. All right. Get out of here, you fat bastard. <laughs> All right, there you go. I think that was one and one half sound effects for uh, for this year, or for this year, for this show. He's out of here. Chad might have been uh, partaking in a few or 17 adult beverages before my segment. Who knows? Folks, let me talk to you about iGrill 2. That's right. The I, Did anybody know that the iGrill 2 was out? I got to uh, find my... Oh, cripes. Where is it? There we go. Um... Da, 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 da. Let's discuss on Monday, uh, iGrill 2. This The iGrill 2 is on pre-order right now, shipping in May of this year. The Dream Grilling Thermometer for Barbecue Masters with four probes, magnetic backing, 200-hour battery life, and a display. It will work with iOS, iPad 3, and up, iPod Touch 5, iPhone 4S, and up, Android compatible later this year, hundred bucks. Are you kidding me? Four probes? Come on, let's get out of this trade. Let's get out of it. Um, aside from the iGrill Two that's coming up, you have the uh, iGrill Mini, which is out now for forty bucks. You have the original iGrill, which is seventy nine ninety nine. All these things can be found at iGrillLink.com. That's the letter I Grill and then I N C iGrillLink.com. And you get free shipping for orders over 50 bucks If you enter the promo code CENTRAL at checkout, 15% off everything. The free iGrill app for iOS has Facebook integration, so you can upload pictures of whatever you're cooking right now to the iGrill Facebook page. The app also has a globe feature, which shows you all the other iGrillers around the world. Uh, use the graph to monitor the speed at which your temperature is rising. Again, the iGrill original is uh, 80 bucks. The iGrill 2, 100 And then the iGrill Mini, $40. Of course, that uh, iGrill Mini 
Gives you a lot of those great features. Uh, progression of temperature lets you know when you're in and out of temperature range. Proximity wake-up can serve battery life. 150 hours of battery life, by the way, in case you didn't know. Uh-oh, oh, oh, no, no. No, 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 no. Hold on a damn minute. I'm not done yet. So head on over to iGrillInc.com. That's uh, the letter I, the word grill, and then I-N-C, iGrillInc.com. Use promo code CENTRAL to get 15% off everything. All right, we're back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we're back a little over. I appreciate uh, Chad Ward for coming on this past segment. This will be a very quick Segment, as they say, as we got to uh, depart, wrap up, and get out. Uh, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with first hour guest Ray Lampy for our monthly Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Uh, we also talked with Damon Woolley from Woolley Bully Barbecue Mafia for winning the Winter Haven event this past weekend. Thanks to Damon for doing that. Thanks to Ray Lampy for coming on. Also, in the second hour, we talked with Mike McLeod, President and CEO of MMA Creative, creator of the World Food Championships, MMACreative.com, WorldFoodChampionships.com, and coming out of the bullpen, Chad Ward, Whiskey Bent Barbecue, Pitmaster, and host of Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit, which can be found at Blog Talk Radio Tuesdays from 7 to 9 right before the show. I've cooked with raw cast iron and seasoned it each and every time before you uh, put it to bed. Put a little grill brush, then as it cools down, a little pan, a little Crisco, let it burn back in, season it each and every time. Generations of rust research. Also, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. Ever. Next Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be there. You will be there. I'm your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night. 